and on behalf of our president, Pastor Willie Ramos, and his wife, Dr. Anna Ramos, I wanted to thank you, Pastor Rob. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Teresa and the family from Neighborhood Assembly of God, uh, Joe Flores, thank you, thank you. I mean, I could just say thank you to everybody here because 10 years ago, I was broken, I was addicted, I was afflicted, I was listening to the word, I didn't know anything about God, I didn't go to church growing up really, and, and I just was, I was up at the altar right here, and Pastor Rob, and Marty, and Dave Young, and Wes, and they were praying over me, and I just wasn't getting it, and I didn't understand why, but when Jesus touched my heart, 39 years of living in sin was broken, 39 years, 22 years of that, I was in drug addiction and I couldn't get the help that I needed. But when Jesus entered my heart, He cleansed me, He healed me, and He placed me in Teen Challenge, which is a discipleship ministry, is what we're here today to represent. Amen? We're all ambassadors of Jesus Christ, but we're also representing Neighborhood Assembly of God. Thank you for having us. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your continued prayers for us, for Pastor Willie, for Dr. Anna, for the men's and the women's home. And listen, I'll take it even further because of the challenge. And that's powerful. God is expanding our borders. God is extending, amen, the Teen Challenge ministry in New York. We're praying so you can pray for us for Rochester Teen Challenge. We're believing that God is going to open that within the next year or so. So please pray with us on that. So amen. Uh, Teen Challenge, uh, we have a, a table in the back. Uh, there's books actually out in the, in the foyer, correct? We have a table in the, in the foyer. The women will be out there after the service. We have brochures just like this one about our program. It tells you about the houses. We have three houses on our property. We have the women's home, the Grace home. We have the Shekinah home. We have the Genesis home. We have over 150 beds for young men and women that are struggling like I was from drug addiction and any other life controlling issue. So please grab one of these, read it for yourself, but bring it as a seed to give to somebody who may be hopeless, who may be out there that does not know that Jesus Christ comes to save and set the captive free. Amen? We are a discipleship ministry, as I said. Jesus did say as he ascended back to the Father, he said to go out and make disciples. Amen, Wes? Go out and make disciples. And so that's what Teen Challenge is. We are a discipleship ministry. And as the guys come in, the girls come into the program, we share the love of Jesus. We have Jesus Christ for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. We have different ministries that we send them out to work at. You might have seen some of them at, at some of the 7-Elevens or, or some of the Walmart stores doing what we call is uh, uh, drug and alcohol awareness. And when they pass out flyers and tell people about the program and also receive Receive donations. Now, Teen Challenge is a nonprofit organization, so we don't get funding from the government. Amen. And, and because we will not change the Jesus factor, we will not take Jesus Christ out of the program because that is what will save you and set you free and give you life on, on this side of eternity. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things become new. So we have new creation sitting right here. Amen. We want to sing a couple of songs this morning. We want to share a couple of testimonies. 
God has given me a word and I've been preparing my heart. Listen, for years, I told my friend Brian that I've been preparing this word for years. He said, James, 30 minutes. I said, listen, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but let me tell you, the word that God gave me is for this church. It's for this season. It's for right now. And I believe that God is going to increase your faith and touch your hearts this morning. Amen? So without any further ado, I want to introduce the Teen Challenge Choir. So I would like to introduce Jesse Evans and the Long Island Adult and Teen Challenge Co-Ed Choir. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. As they're setting up, I just want to share with you that as these women and men are setting up, there's over 150 years of broken addiction through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we are not ashamed of the gospel. I was ashamed for many years, but we are not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for anyone who believes. So I would like to introduce to you Mr. Jesse Evans and the New Creation Choir. Amen. Amen. Cheers. Amen. I can't help but get excited. Uh, I've been serving with James now for almost uh, three years, and, and uh, he just gives me a new, a new uh, uh, I, I like it, I enjoy it, because I'm a little uh, crazy and wild in my own right, amen, for Jesus. And uh, uh, it's been almost six years since I went to a, a service like this, a choir outreach ministry, and God radically touched my lives. And it was by the power of the Holy Spirit, so thank you for having us, amen. We're ready to sing a couple songs with you.
you again. I will not fear, for you are with me. I've seen this fight from the victory. No power in hell stand against me. I've seen this fight from the victory. Let's sing it one more time, choir. Ready, go. Challenge. Um, I was a graduate from the program. Um, it's an amazing program, transformed my life. Um, I'm also very honored and blessed to be able to introduce to you a young woman who's in the Grace Home right now. Um, she came in at 16 years of age. She is now 17. And though she's young, she has a powerful testimony. So I would like Ariana, please, to testify. Good morning. I am so happy to be here and worship you guys with you guys this morning. Um, as you know, um, my name is Ariana. I uh, came into the program at 16 years old. Um, the program is actually uh, 17 years old and up, but uh, they made a special exception for me, and I couldn't be more thankful. Um, as a child, um, I was actually abused um, in any way you can think of, uh, from when I was five years old up until I was 16 years old. It caused me to be angry and bitter. I had bitterness towards anyone and anything. Um, you could talk to me and I'd just yell at you. I'd be angry for no reason, you know? Um, at, by 10 years old, I had developed an eating disorder that would end up controlling my life for the next seven years. Um, but thank God I am now free of that. Hallelujah. I had also uh, struggled with self-harm as well because I was so angry at everything. I was also angry at myself. I uh, didn't know how to control my emotions and I felt heavy. I felt this heavy weight on me. And the moment I walked through the doors of the Lord, really free me from well, all my struggles and I felt just this freedom and yes. the, just this weight off my chest. I was finally free. I was finally free. Hallelujah. Scriptures. <laughs> so I have a scripture that I stand on. It's Psalm 62 6. For he is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Thank Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
so as uh, Ariana testified, it's just an anointed house, an anointed ministry. Yeah. Um, so many people I get the honor to see just God move in their lives. You know, I get to wake up each morning and God's purpose, just blessed by these women that you see with me. And God is also moving in our men's home. So I would like Jacob, please, to testify. Come on. Good morning, good morning. So my name's Jake, um, I'm 25. Um, um, by the age of 17, uh, when I got out of high school, I ended up using heroin and um, I needed to support that. So I ended up um, stealing a lot of guns from a store, um, about 600 grand worth of guns I stole to support that habit. And um, I ended up getting arrested for that, uh, facing 60 years. And uh, the judge actually sentenced me to 25, all suspended with six. I mean, yeah, all, 60 years, all suspended with 25. So I needed to do you know, all 25 years. And um, out of that, I did four years, and um, I wrote my judge and asked for a modification, and uh, he granted it, um, and uh, I had nobody, I didn't have a lawyer or anything like that. It was my, my dad that came up on stand and uh, told the judge about Teen Challenge, and my judge has no idea about it. I'm from Maryland, so he has no idea about Long Island Teen Challenge. Um, so, so we get up there and tell him, you know, all this, all this, you know, stuff that we know, and uh, he actually released me that day um, to, um, yeah. So yeah, he, he ended up releasing me that day. Um, I got in the van with my parents, and they drove me up to Long Island the next morning, and um, they they took me in. I I had nothing, you know, straight out of prison, nothing, and. Um, they brought me in, and I came in here really just to go through the motions and to get out, and I was ready to be on the, back on the street and, and do my life, but, you know, God had another plan, you know, because <laughs> um, I had a few nicks here, you know, here and there, and, um, but, you know, the program, the guys here never gave up on me. Um, the love here is actually what what's kept me um, with the staff and the, and the guys here. It's just, it's amazing. You can really see Jesus moving and you know behind the scenes and it's, it's pretty great so I've actually been here 15 months so far so um so I'm, I'm hoping to you know graduate and then become a staff member soon and change other people's lives um I gotta look at my cards I'm sorry um <laughs> so the scriptures I stand on is uh first Corinthians 10 13 it's God is faithful he will not allow temptations to be more than you can stand he shows us a way out so. amen, amen. Sometimes we can't always see that God is moving, but, but uh, we have to trust him in all circumstances. And uh, uh, I remember getting a second DUI, um, and I thought for sure that I was going to, to, to jail um, for the first DUI and, and went in to the, see the public defender. And the, I'd already seen a Teen Challenge choir like this. When got a letter, they said, if they let you go, then we'll take you. And I went in to see the public defender, and they said, the district attorney has no idea it's your second DUI, so they want to give you 15 days um, in jail or 30 days of house arrest. I said, I'll take a year in teen challenge. And they said, why would you do that? And I had to, I had to tell them God did it. Amen. So I had to trust that God kept me out of, out of jail. That was worth it. So I encourage you all, each one of these men and women has an amazing story of God moving in their lives. And please grab one of us, um, especially Renee, grab him by the, by the shoulder at the, at the end of the service and ask him to tell him your story. Amen. Uh, and we're going to sing one more song with you. We are praying for revival in New York Adult Teen Challenge. We are praying for revival here on Long Island in general, the biggest epicenter of the opioid epidemic. We are praying for our country, for our nation, for our president. Amen. Uh, New York, uh, 
Teen Challenge as a whole, and uh, we just want to sing one. Please feel free to stand up and worship with us. Amen? We're ready.
God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My God. My God is awesome. He is incredible. We are so blessed to be here. There is nothing like a changed life who has been in bondage of addiction, affliction, or whatever it was. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And there is nothing, there's nothing like coming into God's house and praising and worshiping here as a family of believers and just joining together and worshiping God. Amen? There's nothing like it. Amen? Amen. So we got to catch on fire. Amen. We got to share it with our family and our friends. And then we got to go out there so that there will be a revival. Amen. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing for. That's why God pulled us out and brought us into his kingdom so we can be the witnesses and the testimony out there. Amen. Hallelujah. My God. Ah, Jesus, I'm I'm humbled to stand right here. I'm very humbled because I know how sensitive Pastor Al Stein was to give up this pulpit. I was under the hearing of his word for, for a while and I know how delicate, I know how serious he was about his word and I believe that that's what God imparted into me. The seed of that sunk into my heart. And listen, church, it didn't take root right away. So I don't know if there's anybody that's here right now that just feels like they're not getting it because I know what that was like. I know what it was like to just hear the word and just feel like something's, it's just not happening. But this church, you guys, you prayed for me. Amen. Pastor Rob, you anointed me with oil. I didn't understand it. I just didn't. But I just wanted something different. I just wanted to be free from the bondage of drug addiction, from alcoholism, from life controlling issues, from hurting my family. But now God saved me. He delivered me from that. He brought me in and brought my family. Amen. Brought my family because the promises of God is that if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, He will save not only you, but your whole family. And I prayed while I was in Teen Challenge and watched God save my sister. I prayed while the family is on fire and serving the Lord because of Jesus Christ and the testimony, amen, of what He's done. So thank you, Neighborhood Assembly of God. I'm humbled to be here. Thank you for the privilege and the honor to stand before this holy desk and I honor, I honor with all my heart Pastor Al Stein. And I know he's in the, in the throne room of heaven right now rejoicing with the choir of angels. Amen. As we were just before and praising God for what he's done in my life and countless others. Amen. So without any further ado, I have a word that God has given to me. It's been burning inside of me for a, a long time. In fact, God began to minister this word to me in 2015. Amen. But just recently, He released me to bring this message to the church. And so if you would, please take out your Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And as you find that page, as you find that scripture, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. 
2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, the word of the Lord proclaimed, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. Can we close our eyes right now together? Hallelujah. Father, as we close our eyes, and your word was proclaimed, I pray that you would open our eyes to the supernatural anointing of clear vision into the supernatural realm, God. That's what we need, God. We need clear vision as we step out of this year, as we step into a new year, as we step into a new decade, God. I pray for every single person at the sound of my voice that today, by the hearing of your word, that you would activate a deeper faith more intimacy in the name of Jesus. Fill them with joy, O God. Break chains, O God. Tear down walls. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against distraction right now in Jesus' name. And I ask, God, that you would do the work that only you could do, God. And I pray that your word would go forth with power, with authority, with dominion in the name of Jesus. God, For 2020, give us clear, spiritual, 2020 vision. Every one of us, Lord God. And I pray that from Montauk to Manhattan, from West Babylon to Belmore, from the North Shore to the South Shore, East and West, God, that you would send a revival here on Long Island, God. And that we would see our family, our children, and people saved through the hearing of your word, and through this 2020 vision, set us on fire, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up a shout of praise, and you may have a seat in the presence of the Lord. Neighborhood Assembly of God, the title of my message this morning is 2020 Vision. Say that with me. 2020 vision. You see, this is what God wants you to have. Vision. Amen? What is 2020 vision in the natural? Let's get an understanding of this. It's an ophthalmology term that's used to express normal visual acuity, which is the clarity or sharpness of vision. It's measured at a distance of 20 feet. If you have 20-20 vision, you can see clearly at 20 feet what should normally be seen at that distance. So how many people wear glasses? I see a lot. Well, (laughs) I am supposed to wear glasses. These are reading glasses. And as a joke, uh, probably not as a joke, probably because I need them, my mother bought me a box of 10 reading glasses because I could never find my reading glasses. I never know where they are, and I'm squinting, and I can't see, and you guys that wear glasses know what I'm talking about. And, and I'm even supposed to wear glasses because I have astigmatism to see in a distance. I just, 
I can't get used to them. So therefore, I'm squinting. I'm seeing blurry. I don't have that 2020 vision. But church, as Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. So what is faith? The Bible tells us what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things unseen. I found in the New Century Version that faith means being sure of the things that we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. That is what faith is. Hallelujah. Faith is the very eye of your soul. The organ by which we look upon the invisible and the eternal. And if faith is the eye, the Bible is the eyeglass through which faith looks. These are your eyeglasses to 2020 vision. Amen, church? These are your vision. This is 2020 vision right here. In the natural, as I read to you, and in the world, the secular realm, we would say, seeing is believing, right? If I see it, I believe it, right? We know about that. I know about that too. Seeing is believing. But in the supernatural realm, in the kingdom of heaven, believing is seeing. Believing, you see, God turns it around. Believing is seeing. When you believe, you see. You see things that you've never seen before. Hallelujah. As the students come into Teen Challenge, because God brought me through the discipleship, the pain, the guilt, the shame, all the things that God began to break off of me as I went through the program, and even as an intern and as a staff member, I could see it in their lives, and I could minister to them like a spiritual combat medic. I could share with them what God wants to see for them. Amen. I can see into their lives when they can't see it. And listen, church, we need people in our lives to show us the things that we see in others. Amen. That's called transparency. That's seeing through. That's called transparency. It's hard to be vulnerable when all your life you've been, you know, trying to hide these things, but now you have to expose them. But God is patient. He is so patient. He's so loving. He's so kind. Hallelujah. Jesus, after he was resurrected, he ministered this very principle to Thomas. You know him maybe as Doubting Thomas, correct? We hear that, Doubting Thomas. To activate faith and to give him spiritual 2020 vision. Listen to this. In John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29, Thomas was one of the 12, and we know that. And he was also called the twin. He was not with them when Jesus came, and this is in the resurrection. He wasn't in the upper room when Jesus came. So the other disciples, we have seen him. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the marks of the nails, and I put my hand in his side, I will never believe. He had to touch him. He had to see it to believe it. But this is powerful because the Lord is merciful. Hallelujah. He is kind and gentle. And he knows exactly what each and every one of us need. He knows what Thomas needed. 
And he had a plan for Thomas to go out and proclaim the gospel. Amen. If I believe it, I will see it. If I see it, I will believe it. He had to switch that on him. He had to give him the supernatural 2020 vision. Eight days later, verse 26, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Praise God. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your finger and see my hands. Amen? Place your hand in my side and see my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. You see, right then and there, he received the revelation, the supernatural 2020 vision that Jesus was not only Lord, but he was God. And he proclaimed it, and he had supernatural 2020 vision. Hallelujah. Now listen to the blessing that Jesus proclaims for you and me. He said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? He still gave him the revelation. But blessed are those who have not yet seen and have believed. That's us, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, have you been overwhelmed like I have in your walk with the Lord? through a circumstance or a situation that you realize that you have absolutely no control over? You feel like the world is crashing down upon you and you can't hear the voice of the Lord or even sense His presence. You know that you believe, but somehow your faith is being tested and you've been blinded by the very circumstances and the situations that you have been dealing with. I know what that's like. I'm sure many of you will agree with me and understand that. You see, we can be blinded when trials and tests and hardships come our way. But through this sermon and what I believe God wants to do with you today and allow you to step into the 2020 year is to give you supernatural 2020 vision. He wants to increase your faith. He wants you to leave today and enter the new year with spiritual, supernatural, 2020 vision. Say that with me. 2020 vision. Listen, 2020 is a powerful year. Amen? And I believe that this is the year that many people in the church are going to be anointed to preach. Amen? Apostles, evangelists, prophets, Teachers are going to come out of the church and go into the world and proclaim. You see, what happens, church, is the darker that the world becomes, the more, the more self-centered the world becomes, the more God's going to send His anointing on people like you and me and like Teen Challenge and send us out to proclaim the good news because in the darkness, the light shines brightest. Amen? Hallelujah! This is God's... 2020 supernatural vision from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This tells the story where King Jehoshaphat, he was a ruler of the southern kingdom of Judah. He received a report on a day that began just like any other day. Just like any other day in our lives. 
The report he received, church, is that three great armies were coming to attack and conquer Judah. Let's take a closer look at the text. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, the testimony of Scripture states, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Melonites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, and Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat, listen to this, when he gets the report, it says that then Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah assembled, like us here today, to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. To get a better understanding of what was happening, I read chapter 19. You see, a man of God, when I was before and always read after, get the understanding of the story so that you can understand what's happening here. And so when I read chapter 19 is when I discovered the significance that these armies massed around and their attack at this particular time. You see, King Jehoshaphat was on a high. This was a time of great victory for the young king. God had made him an instrument to bring about a great revival and reformation in the kingdom of Judah. Scripture states in 2 Chronicles 19, 4-7, that King Jehoshaphat lived at Jerusalem and that he brought the whole kingdom of Judah back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. King Jehoshaphat appointed judges in the land and in all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city. You see, this was a reformation. They were, they were wor- idol- worshiping idols in the temple. They tore down the idols. They brought back the people. They assigned judges. They put the people back in the temple. They began to praise the Lord like we were doing this morning. And, and the Holy Spirit began to come back into the temple. Hallelujah. This reformation and spiritual revival spread all throughout the land. And scholars say that when the Moabites heard of this, fierce anger rose against Jehoshaphat because of their independence. You see, when the word is proclaimed and you're not following God, you're either going to run the other way or you're going to run into the door. But how many people know that Jesus came to set the captives free? You might run the other way a million miles an hour, but he's going to chase you down like he did me. Amen? But this is what happened. And and because of of their independence, think of that, they gained from Israel in the past, they formed an alliance and a coalition with the Ammonites and the Melonites to attack and destroy Judah. How many people know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy? 
As soon as you put your trust in the Lord, that's when the onslaught can start coming. I remember what it was like when I felt, when I felt, like, I felt like I was already in heaven and, and he watched me and, and he prayed with me and he comforted me and he shared with me that I needed to be discipled. I had no idea what he was talking about. But you listen, church, that's when some of these attacks started coming on my life, when I began to reform my life and change my ways. So church, just understand that when that's taking place, this is a normal thing to happen. This is a normal thing to take place. Amen? And you can depend on the Lord and do what King Jehoshaphat did. And when you're afraid, when you're being attacked, you can set your face to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. As I diligently studied this, Lord, this word and this text, I asked the Lord, of course, what are you trying to teach me and what do you want me to bring to your people? And this is where God gave me the revelation, what he was teaching me. God showed me what I believe he wants to teach you today and not only teach you today, but allow you to walk into the next year of your life and then eternity is that he wants you to believe like King Jehoshaphat, that he was using King Jehoshaphat to bring about a greater revival, a greater revival. He was developing within him and Judah Total dependence on God. Amen. As we sung this morning, we need you, Lord. We need you. We need the Lord. Let that be our, our cry throughout the day when, when things are going on in our lives. And just tell Him, I need you. It brings dependence. I mean, it brings dependence. It brings uh, us closer to the Lord. It brings intimacy into our life. God was increasing Jehoshaphat's faith. Through this trial, God was producing in King Jehoshaphat 2020 vision, total faith in God and complete faith in his word. Hallelujah. Let me say, Lord, what is it that you're doing? He wants you to cling to him closer. He wants you to have total faith in God and complete faith in his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up a shout of praise. Church, I see three strategic moves that King Jehoshaphat did in the face of the enemy's attack and in a time of incredible fear and in the face of total destruction. So think about it. Three armies are coming to attack Judah. Three armies, thousands and thousands with weapons, and they're coming to attack, and if they attack us, we can't do anything to fight them. We're done. So that's what Jehoshaphat did was he turned his face in his fear to seek the Lord. Amen. So that's what, what's taking place here right now. Hallelujah. This morning I want to give you three powerful biblical actions of faith that we can take away from this story. Three principles that will give us faith in a time of fear, comfort in the midst of affliction, and victory in the enemy's attack. Hallelujah. Number one is prayer. Number two is powerlessness. And number three, powerlessness and praise. Church, God wants us to have 2020 vision. Amen. I welcome the new year and what God wants to do and proclaim this word to your friends, to your family, and to those people out there that may not understand. Let him show you through 2020 visions exactly how to do that. Amen. 
Remember that when Jehoshaphat received the report, guys, right? He was afraid. I mean, he was terrified. But what he did was he set his face to seek the Lord. And that's what we need to do. That's why my first point is prayer. Chapter 20, verses 5 through 12, the king recites an incredible, powerful prayer. Jehoshaphat stood like I am in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, and before the new court, the reformed court. Amen? And he said this, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. We need to remember the things that God has done in our lives. And when we're praying for our family, for our loved ones, for the unsaved, for the addicted, for the afflicted, we can remind him, just like Jehoshaphat, what you've done in my life, God. Are you not the God that's done that in my life? And will you not do it in their lives? Hallelujah. Heathens of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Hallelujah. Oh, our God, he continues, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. No matter what's taking place, no matter what you face in life, life is going to happen. Amen? But you don't live life on life's terms. You live life on God's terms. And when you do that, you can see You can see clearly, and God gives you vision. We don't know why the things come the way they do, and and how the enemy attacks, and why should the enemy be allowed to attack. But I can promise you that God uses it for a purpose that he has in each and every one of our lives. It's significant. First four verses of the prayer, verses 6 through 9, it focuses on God. So his attention was to God. His attention in the midst of the attack coming, in the fear, amen, in the total chaos that was about to come, he focused his attention on God in the beginning of this prayer. In the last three verses, verses 10 through 12, he mentions the problem, but even in mentioning the problem, God is prominent. Think of that. Even in the problem, God is prominent. That's powerful. So like King Jehoshaphat, our very trials should cause us to seek God himself. Because he himself is what we need. He's all we need. Amen? It is in him that we live, that we move, that we have our being. God is our sufficiency. Amen? Praise the Lord. And if if we have God and we cling to him then no matter what crisis that we're facing and we focus our attention on Him, it gives us strength to bear with the trials and the tests and the failures and the attacks in our life. You see, church, Jesus, He he doesn't promise to always remove the trial. I mean, my God, 
Ray, after I was here last year and we prayed for you that God had a ministry. God had a ministry for you. I, I felt the anointing upon me and we prayed for the church and I walked over to him and I said, listen, I'm going to come and pray for you, brother. And I don't know why, but the Lord's telling me he's got a ministry for you. And then the next day I get a phone call from Dave Young. He's, he's weeping and I, and I begin to weep too that he got ran over by a car and that, that he's, he's in ICU and, and that he might not make it. The very first thing we did, church, is we began to pray. We began to cry out to God. And I don't know why God gave me that, but Ray called me up months later and he said, James, remember what you prayed for me. Remember the, remember the prophecy that you spoke into my life. Well, there was a man in a hospital bed and, and he didn't believe in God and I preached the gospel to him every day. I preached, I preached, I preached. I was laying there. I had an operation. I couldn't move, but I was speaking the gospel. I was singing songs of praise to this man. And listen, he said to me the most incredible thing, the most humbling thing, one of the most humbling things that I've ever heard. He said, if it was that one man that that car ran me over, then it was worth it. So, Ray, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for you, brother. Praise the Lord. He calls me up. We pray together. He's excited about what the Lord has done in his life. Hospital bed thinking, why me? And what's going on? And how did you allow this to happen? But I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus does not always promise to remove the trial, the test, or the attack. But he certainly promises to be with us through it. Amen? He promises that He will be with us through it. Now, the Teen Challenge students, we teach them to stand on the Word of God. You've got to have a Scripture that you stand on. Amen? You have to have a Scripture that you stand on so that in the midst of no matter what's taking place in your life, you can have the Word of God to hold on to. You can have that, that life preserver, that spiritual life preserver that you don't understand what's taking place, but I can just proclaim the Word of God. Mine happens to be James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and let perseverance perseverance finish its work so that you can become mature and complete lacking nothing so I have found church that the very trials the very tests the very failures and yes even sin in my life God uses it now to allow me to trust in him develop to develop maturity and have total dependence on God so that I can be a proclamation of what he's doing hallelujah our Lord Jesus Christ, he taught this very principle to the disciples as he walked them through the Olive Garden. Now, this was right before he knew he was going to be crucified. Imagine what he was feeling. Imagine that he had this last moment with the disciples and he wanted to teach them something that they can hold on to because he knew that he was going to the Father. He knew that they were in the natural because the Holy Spirit, guys, hasn't been sent yet. Amen? But thank Thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost and we have the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit living in you, filling you up every day. Amen. And when you're saved, that Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to instruct you, to teach you, to show you the way that you need to go. Whether you ignore it or you follow it, the Holy Spirit's there and he will lead you. The more sensitive you become to your own sin, listen, and it becomes, you become sensitive to it and it hurts, 
but it's worth it because then the Spirit of God could leave you, lead you in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. But he was teaching this principle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was teaching this principle in the garden and telling them, listen, that their sorrow would soon turn to joy. They had no idea what what he was talking about. Through the promise of the Father, which was the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're really, they're they're not understanding about this. And then he said to them in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you because there were other things that he was telling them that later on you see through the testimony of Scripture that they remembered and then they penned them so that we can have them. But he says in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, trials, tests, failures. Amen. Tragedy. You will have that. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Neighborhood Assembly of God in Christ. We are overcomers. Amen. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus. We develop intimacy with him our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, when we pray through these trials, when we pray through these tests and the very hardships in our lives. And King Jehoshaphat, he had this intimacy with the Lord, and we clearly see this through the testimony of his prayer. Remember that he said in verse 12, for we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do but our eyes, hallelujah. Prayer is my first point. No matter what you face, no matter what's going on, turn to the Lord in prayer. Turn to Him. It doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to get on your knees. You can just walk from here to there and you can just pray. Pray in the Spirit if you can. Pray, pray, pray. But let me tell you, before you go to mom or dad, before you go to your uncle, before you go to your husband or your wife, go and seek the Lord in prayer and He will give you the answers that you need. Hallelujah. The second biblical principle that God wants to impart in you from this story is powerlessness. Now that's a, a, an abrasive word if you've grown up like I do in a society that taught me to just be strong and, 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 and you can do it and all that. And man, it's, it was hard. I was in the military when I was growing up. And, and listen, they taught me to be strong, survival of the fittest, and, and, I, and I dressed myself on the outside. But on the inside, I was hurting, I was broken, and I didn't understand it. So I just put the facade on that I was clean cut looking, good looking, I had good articulation. And let me tell you, but inside I was hurting. I was hurting. But this is powerful because powerlessness is against our human. We've learned, especially in America, but it's the anointing that comes on your life when you can proclaim that I am fully powerless over this situation, over my life, over whatever the thing is that you're dealing with, because we all deal with stuff. And when you can proclaim, God, I'm fully powerless. I can't even do anything. If you don't do something, Lord, then it's not going to change. But I worship you anyway. I praise you anyway. Amen. I worship you in the midst of that. Number two is powerlessness. King Jehoshaphat knew that Judah was no match for these great armies that were coming against him. One thing that he did know was that God is faithful, right? 
God is faithful. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That's his promise that he left with us. And so when you feel all alone, when you feel rejected, just know that he felt rejected. He was despised and rejected. Amen? Acquainted with grief. He took our sins upon him so that he could give us his righteousness. So no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, just know this. God is faithful. He will allow you to be delivered like the young man read in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Amen? That God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, He will provide a way that you can follow it. He will provide a way so that you can stand up under it. God is sovereign in all the things that take place in our lives. And sometimes we can get clouded by the things that are taking place where we can't see clearly. And that's why we need spiritual 2020 vision. Amen? King Jehoshaphat knew from history that what the enemy meant for evil, that God meant for good. Do you guys know about that? What the enemy means for evil, God turns it around and he means it for good. Listen, I never thought that the addiction, the, the, the curses that were in my life, the, you know, the, the struggles that I faced would be a blessing to others. But now I can turn to somebody that's going through the same things that I've been going through and it's a blessing now. I could see it in their lives. I could see it in their countenance. I could love them. I could bless them. I could pray for them. I could read their cards. I could read their mail. I know what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And I come and I... And I comfort and I hold them and I say, listen, let's talk to Jesus because God's doing something through this. And then they begin to feel the relief, like the young lady said. They begin to feel the walls and the chains being broken in their lives. And that's what we need to do, church. We need to pray for one another. We need to realize that we are powerless apart from Jesus Christ. King Jehoshaphat, he stood on the promises of God. That's exactly what we teach in Teen Challenge. To read this Bible and to learn to stand on all of God's promises. There's over 300 promises in the Word of God where we can find power when we're powerless. One that I stand on is that the Lord, Psalm 46, 1, the Lord is my refuge and my strength a very present help in a time of trouble. Listen, I need that in my heart because if it's just in my mind, I won't remember it when things happen. And when I say it needs to be in your heart, that's like when I come over to you and ask you your, your social security number, you don't have to say it. You're going to tell me like that what it is. What's your address? You should know your address, amen, by heart. You need to be able to have the Word of God in your heart so that no matter what you're facing, no matter what test, trial, failure, attack from the enemy, that you have a word like the Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. Whether you feel it, amen, or whether you actually see it in the natural, I can take that word, apply it to my situation, and see it with 20-20 vision. Hallelujah. Paul, you guys know, had a great trial, right? He went through uh, having a thorn in his flesh. The Bible says a messenger of Satan. Now listen to this. Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, why would the Lord allow a messenger of Satan to be assigned to Paul? Powerlessness. Powerlessness. Because he wanted to give Paul the revelation that it's not in your strength, Paul, it's not in you. I'm not doing this because of who you are. I'm doing this because of who I am. And Paul, 
Hallelujah, cries out to the Lord. You guys know, three times he said, it says he pleaded with the Lord that he would take the thorn from his flesh. But what did Jesus say to him? Paul writes it. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Boom, 2020 vision. Paul gets the revelation, and what's his next words? He says, okay, so then I will boast all the more in my weaknesses, in my hardships, in my persecutions, in my difficulties, because when I am weak, then I am strong, so that the power of Jesus Christ can rest upon me. Hallelujah! Powerlessness. Oh, God! Powerlessness. Powerlessness, God. Thank you, Lord. I thank God for brokenness. I really do, church. Listen, it's not easy all the time. And just because I'm standing up here and preaching this to you, my wife, who's sitting back there, will tell you, listen, I blow it all the time. I, I fail, and, but I just know that God is using these things, my flesh and all that, and I just turn to the Lord and I ask for forgiveness, and then I go to my wife, hey, baby, she, she's back there look, watching, so I'm giving her a wave, but my daughter's back there, too, in church. Last year, I was here for, before Christmas, and my wife was pregnant and now she's sitting back there with our first daughter Abigail and so I just want to thank God for just doing that in my life praise the Lord you know that's the fruit listen to this that's the fruit of your of your labor how would that be? Because if I hadn't gotten proclaimed the gospel in this church, if Wes hadn't brought me here on Wednesdays and on Sundays, and if you guys didn't speak the word of God to me, Marty and, and, and Dave Young and Wes, and pray for me and anoint me with oil, even when I didn't understand it and listening to Pastor Al Stein, I wouldn't be where I am right now. My wife wouldn't be sitting back there. Abigail wouldn't be in the baby carriage. And my next baby who's in the womb right now wouldn't be coming. Amen? I mean, come on. Powerlessness. Powerlessness. Prayer and powerlessness. The third biblical principle through this story that God revealed to me, and listen, it's the glue. It's the catalyst for the incredible miracle that took place in this story and in our lives also. And it is praise. It is praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesse, come on up, Jesse. I'm going to call Jesse up and he's going, to, he's going to begin to play, you know, because praise, church, it's the catalyst. I don't always feel like praising God. Amen. But it's not about what you feel in your anger and in your frustration. You can praise the Lord in the midst of whatever's taking place in your life. And somehow, some way, God begins to change you from the inside out. Amen. And that's what took place here. King Jehoshaphat's prayer of powerlessness, it set an activation of a miracle through the kingdom of Judah. Wait till you hear the ending of this story. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. God sent a word through the prophet to give King Jehoshaphat specific instructions. We need instructions from God, and I need to get that from the Lord. Amen? And the instructions for King Jehoshaphat were to follow so that it would bring salvation and victory. As the nation of Judah was gathered at the temple 
in a powerless prayer led by Jehoshaphat, like the one that I read you this morning, the Spirit of God came upon the prophet Jehaziel. Hallelujah. In the assembly, and he proclaimed the word of victory. 2 Chronicles 20, 15-18. You should look this up. The prophet Jehaziel proclaimed, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, and I proclaim, listen, neighborhood assembly of God, Belmore, West Babylon, Albany Teen Challenge, Syracuse Teen Challenge, Buffalo Teen Challenge, Rochester Teen Challenge, listen, all you people here on Long Island. Thus saith the Lord, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde that is coming upon you. Hold on to this right here. Hold on to it. For the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. The battle is God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come by the ascent of Ziz. And you will fight them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not need to fight this battle because it's mine. It's my battle. I will fight for you. I proclaim this for the 2020 new year. The same proclamation that Jehaziel proclaimed to the kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem. When you're in a battle, when you're in a test, when you can't see clearly. Stand firm, church. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, O neighborhood assembly of God and Teen Challenge, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. This word from the Lord broke out spontaneous praise. Hallelujah. The testimony of Scripture states that Jehoshaphat bowed his head in humility with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they fell down before the, wor the Lord and worshipped Him. They all corporately received the incredible 2020 supernatural vision the anointing of being able to see what God was going to do. And now I go back to my opening text. 2020 vision. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Hear me this morning, neighborhood assembly of God. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in His prophets, and you will succeed. You will see clearly 
in the supernatural realm. Please stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I want to open the altar right now. Please, please come up for prayer. Young, young ladies from Teen Challenge, I would like them to line up right here and pray for those who need prayer. If anyone's sick, if anyone's going through something, a trial or a test, listen, we all need prayer. And the men, please come right here. I want to open the altars for prayer. Come as families. Come individually. Come, please. And come for prayer at this moment. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read the rest of what took place as we open the altar. What took place. When he had taken counsel with the people and he appointed those who were to sing. They didn't bring their weapons. We know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? They didn't bring a weapon. They brought their instruments. They brought their voices. And they began to sing to the Lord. They sang, give thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, of Moab, of Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab, they rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting themselves to destruction. And then when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. So as they were worshiping on the mountaintop, they were singing to God. They were praying. They had the powerlessness. They were praising God. And they were looking unto the hills of the army coming against us. Them. Us. Amen? And as they began to praise the Lord, not one weapon was lifted. And all of the armies... Church, the altars are open. And we want to sing with you this morning. Because there's a song of praise within us that we have learned that when we're in a trial or a test or an attack, we could sing and we wanted you to join with us. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight my battle. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle.
weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, he won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle. 